This is Law of Attraction Explored. I'm Tim Grimes. If you'd like a free guide that explains the hidden link between relaxation and the Law of Attraction, or if you want more information about my books or my coaching, you can visit RadicalCounselor.com. Enjoy the episode. I thought that I would touch upon a little bit more about what we were discussing last episode in regards to conscious versus subconscious or unconscious thoughts. Again, for our purposes here, our very simple, practical, day-to-day purposes, when we use the term subconscious or unconscious, we mean the same thing. And what I was saying last episode is that subconscious or unconscious thoughts, most of the time, are actually conscious thoughts that are just very subtle, so subtle that we don't pay any attention to them. Often we've thought these subtle thoughts so many times, and they're so kind of quiet and small that they pass right by without us noticing them. But they cause a barrage of other similar thoughts to happen as well. In other words, they're the start of a snowball. You might be feeling okay, and then you read a story about you know a negative story in the news, for instance, and you have a this very subtle conscious thought, so subtle that you don't even notice it, oh, well, that's, that's terrible. We're all going to die. I'm going to die. A thought like that. It's very subtle, and you don't even notice it. You just keep on reading the story. And the more you read the story, the worse you start to feel, because now that little thought, that's, that small, subtle thought that I'm going to die is there. And all these other small thoughts are beginning to form related to that as you read the story. Subtly, on a subconscious level, you're playing into this fear, which you don't have to do. So that's what I mean by subconscious thinking actually being conscious. It's just conscious thoughts that we've thought so many times that are so programmed into us that we don't really notice them as much as we perhaps could. And a lot of this practice in the law of attraction is just noticing them more. So when really troubling, small, quiet, subtle thoughts are there, we pick up on them quickly and are able to shift out of them back into something more positive and more constructive. And, you know, there's so many ways of doing that. And that's one of the main things we explore in this podcast. And so I thought I would bring Kue into this discussion because, again, Kue talks about these overarching principles better than just about anybody. This is from Self-Mastery Through Conscious Auto-Suggestion, which we've spoken about many, many times. And uh, at the end of the book, there's, there's this question, how can we realize what we desire? And Kuwe says, by repeating often what you desire. For instance, I am gaining poise, and you will. My memory improves, and it certainly will improve. I am able to control myself absolutely, and there is no question that you will. And then Kuwe says, if you tell yourself the contrary, it is the contrary which is going to happen. What you tell yourself persistently and very rapidly comes to pass, provided, of course, that it is something natural. So this is what I want to touch upon here, because I think it's related to what we're talking about, subconscious thoughts actually often being these very subtle conscious thoughts. Kue says that what you tell yourself persistently and very rapidly comes to pass, provided, of course, that it is something natural. So this is how these subtle conscious thoughts, which we usually regard as subconscious thoughts, come to pass and why, unfortunately, they're so negative a lot of the time because they're so programmed into us 
And when we find that we can't get rid of them or eliminate them, it's because what we're doing is we're telling ourselves persistently and very rapidly that something is wrong. In other words, we're telling ourselves persistently and very rapidly or subtly negative suggestions. We're suggesting negative stuff to ourselves. We read a, a, you know, a sad story and we think we're going to die or and we become anxious. And that's because we're very subtly and very rapidly telling ourselves these negative suggestions. And if you tell yourself the contrary, it's the contrary that's going to happen. That goes both ways. What we think we become, if it's at all natural. This is, again, just what we always talk about, but it's important to look at it in this way, I think, which is that if you have subtle thoughts that you're telling yourself very rapidly that are basically programmed into you, subconscious thoughts, we would call them, which are fearful thoughts. If they are fearful thoughts, which most of us have, like, you know, I'm going to die. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough money. How am I ever going to figure this out? This is not going to work. This is going to be difficult. These are subtle thoughts that we think very rapidly, okay? And a lot of the law of attraction is just snuffing them out, figuring out that they're there, and then figuring out a way to eliminate them. See, what happens a lot is that we notice these thoughts. We notice, oh, you know what? I feel kind of anxious now. I feel kind of negative. You know, why is that? But then we were unable to actually resist this snowball effect that's already taking place, this avalanche, if you will, or this tidal wave of negativity. So for instance, you know, perhaps you notice you're, you're reading a news story and you start to feel negative, but that's after a couple of minutes of being in this state where there's a lot of very rapid thoughts that are negative, a lot of subtle suggestions that are negative, and you're already feeling it. And you, you tell yourself then, I don't want to feel this. But what happens a lot of the time, as Kuei always talks about, is you start to use your willpower to say, I don't want to feel this, but you still underneath very quickly, very rapidly are thinking negatively. So you're trying to fight against this negativity, but you actually can make it worse if you're fighting against it on this very conscious level saying, I don't want this to be here when it is already there. And you're paying attention to it saying, I don't want it to be there, but it's still there. And you get more and more in a hole. Kuwait always gives the example of like when you're trying to fall asleep, the more that you try to fall asleep, the harder it is to fall asleep a lot of the time. The law of reversed effort, you know, is what we call that. And that's what can happen sometimes when these subtle negative thoughts are there, where there's so many of them and they're happening so rapidly. And then we notice we don't feel as good. We don't, but we don't recognize exactly, you know, what's going on. Like, I don't feel good. And we're trying to stop it. We're trying to consciously say, you know, relax, feel better, relax and feel better. But these subtle thoughts have already overtaken us because they're happening so quickly. And that's why I suggest often using um, extreme methods, you know, like getting really playful or really loud or using self-talk or just doing something that's so drastically different physically with your body that uh, these subtle conscious thoughts that are irritating you have no choice but to shut up or to change. But that's just one method, one approach. There's all these different methods or approaches to uh, get these negative suggestions, these negative rapid thoughts to disappear. But this is very important, I think, to just recognize that subtle negative thoughts and suggestions are usually the catalyst to feeling bad. And I often say now, you know, I've been doing this long enough and working with people long enough that 
feelings and thoughts are, are so tied together that oftentimes it does seem like the feeling, the negative feeling precedes the thought. But the reason for that, I think, if you want to break it down more is because when we notice that we start to feel bad or are starting to feel bad, it's because we've already had a series of very rapid, subtle, negative thoughts that have preceded it. So if you want to get more, quote unquote, technical, you could say that the thought does almost always, at least, precede the negative feeling. And not only does it precede it, but we have to accept it. In other words, if we have a thought like, oh, you know, that's so terrible, I'm going to get sick too, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get hurt, or, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this. If we have that thought, and then if we're able to turn it around very quickly and say, oh, that's ridiculous, of course I'm going to be able to do this, or I'm not going to get sick, or I'm going to be fine. If we're able to turn it around or not accept it, then we're, we're fine. That snowball effect doesn't happen. But what I'm getting at is that a lot of the time, the snowball effect does happen because we're unable to turn it around quickly enough. We notice it only after we're already feeling, you know, kind of the kind of down in the dumps about what's going on. So I, I thought I would bring in Maxwell Maltz, just quote from him really quickly, because he's got a great quote just talking about how we respond, you know, kind of subtly to these rapid suggestions and how you can get better at just not responding to these negative suggestions. You know, and he gives the example of like the ringing of a bell, you know, and the, and the ringing of a bell disturbing you, essentially. And Maltz writes, there are a great many bells or disturbing stimuli in our various environmental situations that we have become conditioned to and that we continue to respond to out of habit, whether or not the response makes any sense. So again, these are like the rapid suggestions we make to ourselves that are basically programmed into us because we've been thinking along these lines for so long, often since childhood or since we were very young. And they become habit. We respond out of habit. And so Maltz later writes, and this is just under the, the title of this paragraph, is how to extinguish conditioned responses. He writes, we can, however, extinguish the conditioned response if we make a practice of relaxing instead of responding. We can, if we wish, just as in the case of the telephone, learn to ignore the bell and continue to sit quietly and let it ring. A key thought that we can carry with us to use whenever we are confronted by any disturbing stimulus is to say to ourselves, the telephone is ringing, but I do not have to answer it. I can just let it ring. This thought will key in to your mental picture of yourself sitting quietly, relaxed, unresponding, doing nothing, letting the telephone ring unheeded. And will act as a trigger or clue to call up the same attitude that you had when letting the telephone ring. So in other words, by becoming more aware of these stimuluses, of noticing how these subtle thoughts affect us, these subtle conscious thoughts, which we actually usually call subconscious thoughts, if we can relax into them, if we can become aware that, oh, you know what, I'm feeling uncomfortable probably because I've had a series of uncomfortable suggestions or negative suggestions which I've unwittingly accepted because I'm so used to accepting them. If we can relax our body and just let it be, it helps. And again, this circles back to just relaxing into the moment because right now we can just let that phone ring and everything's fine. The phone is ringing. We might have these negative suggestions going and we don't have to make that snowball any bigger. We can disconnect from it, disconnect from our 
normal programmed response. And if we disconnect enough from our programmed response, things start to change. And these fast, subtle suggestions that bother us stop bothering us as much. I think you understand what I'm saying when I tie all this together. And I hope it was helpful.